Hey there, welcome back to the Factory Podcast. Um, I know that we normally kind of do one episode a day, but I kind of thought I would try something different um, in order to make it just a little bit longer and maybe do a week's worth of entries in one. So for today, uh, with today being Wednesday, um, we'll start with Monday, April 11th, 1977. And it looks like this week's entries go through Friday. So it's Wednesday, April 11th, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So um, we'll just try it out, see how it goes. Sometimes I know, you know, it's only maybe a minute or two long. So I thought, well, maybe it might be a little bit better if it's a little longer. So we'll give it a go. If you have any thoughts on it, you know, let me know. All right, so here we go from Monday, April 11th, 1977. Cab down to Chem Bank and walked over to the office. Cab $3.25. Ronnie and Gigi had another fight and he cut up her clothes. I remember Rene Ricard once did that to the girl he married. I had lunch with Ronnie and gave him my there's always somebody else around the corner philosophy. And Ronnie said, yeah, that he had six girlfriends now. He said, I'm not coke up. I'm not upset. I'm fine. I'm fine. Worked very late. A little after 8 o'clock. I was going to the movies, but then it got too late. Wound up taking the dogs for a long walk with Jed up to 80th and back down. Had a good time. Following day, Tuesday, April 12th, 1977. Mick wants me to do the cover on his next album. I'm trying to think of ideas. How to do Rolling Stones. One of those little plastic games where you have to roll the stones into the holes. Victor called and said that he was getting too heavy at Houston's and that he was moving into the loft on 19th and 5th, renting with an option to buy. Until he moves in in May, he'll be sleeping around, he said. (laughs) And then Wednesday, April 13th, 1977. I was going up for cocktails and then dinner for Jean Stein at her sister's Susanna Shiver's apartment in the Dakota. I thought it couldn't be anything great. I was 45 minutes late. $3. The first person I saw when I walked in the door was Jackie Onassis, looking beautiful, then Norman Mailer. Jackie was talking to Jean's boyfriend, who works for the Smithsonian. Delfina Rizzati, who still works for Jackie at Viking, was there with such a complete new look I didn't recognize her. Curly hair and a sexy dress. Sue Mangers was there, and she came over to me and said her knees were buckling, that she'd never been to a party like this. Babe Paley and her chairman of CBS husband went by, and later, when I saw Sue and Paley together, I remember what Sue had told me in California, that the only job she ever wanted was Paley's. I told Norman Mailer I loved him on the Academy Awards, and he said he'd just seen a video of how fast he'd come down the ramp. Billy Freakin had told him to do it that way. Renata Adler, who writes for The New Yorker, was there with Avedon. She says she's going to law school now at Yale, but thinks she'll maybe drop out. She says it's so hard and that she can't remember anything. I had the first really nice talk with Jackie O, but I don't remember too much about what it was about. The magic of people in the movies or something. Sue Menders was running around this party bragging the same thing she always brags, that she could offer President Carter a three-picture deal for three million a picture and that he'd take it because everybody wants to be in the movies. So I pointed it to Jackie and told Sue to prove it, but she was afraid she wouldn't go over to her and make the offer. 
Andrew Young from the United Nations and another black guy were there. Sue was thrilled to meet them. Dennis Hopper told me he's directing Junkie, the William Burroughs bio, and I made a faux pas by telling him he should use Mick for the star because then Dennis said he was the star. A son of Nick Boone was there trying to be an actor now. Then Earl took me into the back rooms of the house, and there were ten girls, around 17 or 18, full-grown, the age of Jean's daughter, who's in college, and they were having a slumber party, guessing at who was out there at the grown-up party. But these girls were so old. It was funny. They were thrilled to see me. I signed the TV, the armoire, their hands, everything. Every half hour, they'd let one girl out into the party. Dropped off Nick Dunn's son on 90th and Central Park West. Cab, $5. And then the final entry for today was from Friday, April 15th, 1977. We had our first nut at 8.60 yesterday. Diane Kaufman came up. She had nuts before, but not one that we knew. She was in our play, Pork, in 70 or 71. The director, Tony, must have discovered her. She was saying... You know how to spell Kaufman, C-O-F-F-M-A-N, had to give her money, $10. Lunch was for Diana Vreeland and an Argentina woman, and Bob had invited Michael and Pat York. Carol Rogers and Sally from Interview had invited a hi-fi girl to try and sell her ad. The girl was impressed with Diana and the Yorks. She thought she was just going to have lunch with Carol and Sally. Diana was saying she discovered the museum had turned the lights up and the music down on a Russian costume show. They said it was because some people had complained they couldn't see anything and the music was too loud. Diana said you don't go change something because someone asks you to. That's the trouble with this country. They want to give the public what it wants. Well, she said, the public wants what it can't get and it's up to museums to teach them what they want. And she said that's the trouble with Vogue magazine and all the other magazines today. Except for interview, of course, she said. (laughs) So that is all for today. We'll see you next time.